1: So we're hanging out with some uh, some rock stars, I guess. I mean, we typically hang out with Phil anyway, though, so we're, we're usually graced by the presence of rock stars.
2: He still has his job. I
1: don't have mine anymore. He has a, you, you lost your job. Huh? Yeah. There's, mul- yeah. there's multiple, plat- multiple platinum and gold
3: records between the two of us. So.
1: That's a lot of platinum and gold. Oh, you went platinum. Yeah. Gra- you want to grab your mic,
2: brother? <laughs> Sorry. Congratulations on going platinum, by Thanks. the way, in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: let's talk about those lockdowns, because we were mentioning just at the end of the show, uh, you mentioned Pete Parada. And I've mentioned it a million and one times. Uh, he's gonna—he's act- he's actually coming out here. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but he'll—he'll uh-huh. he'll be here on Friday. Oh, yeah, just missed him. Yeah, he just missed him. Should
2: just stay, hang out, yeah, man. Yeah, just stay and hang out. Yeah, you know? just me and the at the at the uh, what's the name of the diner? I'm just gonna hang out at Penny's <laughs> for a week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's go, boys. You can hang out here, you know. Uh, you can hang out with Phil, but uh, yeah, we're we're actually filming a music video. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, for a song we've been sitting on for a while. Have you released the song? Do I know? We, it? we've released three.
2: no no I know, I've saw the, one, I saw... yeah the, this one's not out yet. I saw the video, the first video that he posted that got like 1.9 million views, which is yeah. which is actually very impressive for a new artist because people don't realize the YouTube game like without yeah. having the labels and all the other stuff, how hard it is right. to get people's yeah. eyes on your music. So... But
1: without, the, the big challenge, I think this is, a, this is probably good information for people who are trying to get into the industry, I would say from my perspective, unless you have the, the streaming playlists, mm-hmm unless they put you in rotation, yep. after you hit your marketing, that's it. Like, yeah, it's we, we, we get a certain number of plays in the videos, but it's, it's very similar to how it works for YouTube. Mm-hmm. I put up a video, it gets a couple hundred thousand hits, and then disappears and ceases to exist. And that's very similar for what happens with, with, with the music we put out. It gets a big blast, gets a tons of traffic, and then slowly starts dropping because people have to manually choose to put it in their playlists because it's not going to appear on rotation anywhere.
2: I have, I have a guy that can help you with that. All right, well, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but so there I- is also other ways of of doing this, which I kind of configured. If you want to talk about industry stuff, because yeah, I, I went it. from being on a major label, you know, and having like five or six number one radio hits and and globally and whatever, whatever, to being completely. Excommunicated. Yeah. So I can I
1: can say uh, we've put out three songs and all three have charted on Billboard in some capacity. Yeah. So like the first one charted two years after we released it because you know what the fuck we were doing.
2: But that happens that that happened to me too. I yeah. had like a fifteen second clip of a cover of Take Me to Church on TikTok and it went viral, and then I made it available two days later, and I made like $50,000 that Holy Friday. shit, we didn't make any cool. well, we money. Well, I charted at number four on Billboard overall and in, in rock, and I charted at 17 in alternative, which alternative, have, you have to have like 10 or 20 times the amount. It's of higher, right? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, oh, it's wow. much, much higher. Yeah. It, it goes Way up high. as the genre changes, so metal is like, for me, do you guys still even bother to register as metal, or uh, do you just do rock? No. Yeah, same. So, like, metal's so small. It's like to be number one at metal, like, you know, it's like nothing. Oh, wow. Some people do it for posterity. Like, Five Finger yeah. will still release in both genres just to piss off the metalheads because they're, <laughs> they're not really metal.
3: Yep. You know? Um, oh, God, we get that so much.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's, well, there's melodic singing. Oh, you covered a Garth Lux song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, melodic
1: yeah. singing. Yeah, they're like, it's so mad. Why
3: are you
2: singing? Well,
1: uh, uh, apparently, I, I was reading, you know, Poppy? Yeah, yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's like the first female metal award winner in some category yeah. or some yeah. shit. Well,
2: she also wasn't a metal artist and then signed with Samarian and then did a metal record. Oh, she's, right. the, her whole thing came out right. and she was just making kind of strange. It was like bubblegum. It was like yeah. bubblegum, um, K-pop, J- J- Japanese pop music. It's, yeah. like,
3: it was, it's like baby metal, but an well, American version. But that's what an they American. did. They
2: basically yeah. replicated baby metal because right. it wasn't really taking off. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, her I, her weird bubblegum stuff, I think, is yeah. not, I'm just not a fan of, but her metal stuff, or, or ish, or whatever well, you want to call it, I actually really like. because the musicianship
2: is done by guys who are our age, shedding, wood yeah. shedding in a basement. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like playing gent, like, dur, 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 dur. if you the, take all the music away, the dude and that, you put a different singer, you'd still like it. The dude that
3: yeah. filled in for our, our for, uh, we just did a tour in last year in, in March and April and May, and our drummer couldn't, Jason couldn't, handle it he had to go home so we had someone come out the guy that came out um oh i'm not sure if i'm supposed to say this but he plays for one of those bands Uh, drums and he is nasty yeah you know yeah as as in very good yeah the musicianship that that the bands like that require are
1: i mean and and is her band like publicly known or is it just like a backing band that Probably just backing because because back when they play there. the videos, they're wearing masks yeah. and stuff like that, or they're not. Yeah,
2: so in the in this moment, does that too? That was yeah. like the final iter, iteration of in this moment's evolution is yeah. to just put everyone in masks and. Ghost
3: does that as well. Yeah, yeah, they do because that way that way if you if you have a singer or an artist that is kind of the focus. And you get the rest of the band as faceless, nameless people. Then you can just hire people that are available. Right. Or if
2: you're like me and you don't get along with people and you fire them constantly, no one will notice that you're getting rid of your band member. Is Levine still with you? No, <laughs> Levine, <laughs> Levine. The look he just gave you, man. So Levine, Levine used to be. So I took him. I took him in. Literally, yeah. he lived in my apartment in LA. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he he's a great guy. He is a very nice guy, very nice, guy. very good person, yeah. amazing videographer. Not the strongest drummer, yeah. And I replaced him for Tim Young, who's one of the fastest drummers in the world, and a guy who I've been playing with for seventeen years, right. And we reconnected, and and then Levine proceeded to steal my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, Yeah, yeah. He, he stole my laptop. He changed all the oh. locks on my lockout space. In L.A. and then was like I'm not letting you in your storage facility because he was he was keeping his drums in my storage and then changed my locks oh God. until he could get his drum. So these these are the things that this is this is why it's crazy
3: people. Jim. Band
2: members behave like chicks like when they're <laughs> fucking oh my God, you know, and, and then it was like, well, I hate you anyway. And I'm like, I, I'm like, hey, man, like. All I said was, hey, dude, like rehearsal was real rough, you know, and I had just actually I had had um, a vocal cord injury. So I postponed my tour and I was like, I have two music videos to shoot. I'm like, I'm going to have Tim come down and play in the the video because the songs are too fast for you to perform. Wow. Right. And it wasn't there was no beef. Yeah. And it just exploded into that. He's, he,
1: he, yeah. he was offended, I guess. Beef. Yeah, yeah. I so mean. We, we, we were talking uh, at the end of the show about Pete. And the one thing I, I always want to mention that that's, I think is think really important. It's one thing to fire somebody because mandates and make an excuse like, look, they wouldn't let us play. Sure. It's another thing. I mean, and that's bad. It's another thing not to rehire him once the mandates are gone. He never said anything bad about him. They could have just been like, "Bro, bandits are done. Like, come back and jam with us." They said, "Fuck you," and kicked him out after 14 years. That
3: really does blow my mind that, like, they're 14 just, years. Yeah, he's been in the band for that long, yeah, and they're they- just like, "See you," because of
2: yeah. But this is the this is the this is the problem with the with the liberal mentality, right? Like, you know, I lost people. Don't won't understand this, but it, when I left Bad Wolves, I walked away from one of my best friends of 20 years. Doc Hoyle and I have been thick as thieves for 20 years, right? He he. His his band and my band used to play shows together in the, in the late 90s. When he moved to L.A., he was like borderline homeless. I hired him. I gave him a job. like I trained him. I, I gave him a place to live. like I, I put him in the band, this, that, the other. And because I wasn't on the BLM tip, I wasn't in the BLN cult. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it
0: easy to automate and manage orders and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW. void report prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
2: he completely turned his back on me you know to the That's point where to the point where he told the band he was like it's either him or me and the guy didn't play on on the records he didn't play any he didn't play on the records at all he was my hired guitar player
1: and man. this band still exists yeah, yeah
2: they haven't they have another singer they had have uh how does it even make sense because it because listen the this is the way that the left goes they they're holding on to basically they're basically just holding on for deal life to what i created and trying to move past all this and you know whatever like i prayed for these dudes i'm not mad at them like chris quit the band he called me he made amends to me i flew to la we met at my hotel. We hung out for five hours, hugged it out. All it's all good. I imagine us at some point and someday, all of us will all be like, "Well, wow, it was really dumb." You know what I mean? And I also, I, I t- mean,
3: I still, I every, like everyone knows, I still love those guys in the man. So I it hope is, that it does because I, you know, I don't want to see you guys.
2: No, no, I don't think you know. anything's just, worth. I, just, I don't think anything's worth being in hatred towards each other good. for for that long. Like you have to yeah, just it go. Accept it. But, and like that's it,
1: my friend. Did they? Did you ask them if they understood the lyrics to the song "Zombie"? No, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's the when, when they're also going down to be like my yeah. my guy.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> there's also songs on the on Disobey called "The Conversation," right? If you read the lyrics to "No Masters," if you re- read the lyrics to "Officer Down," I have never shied away from discussing. The important topics that are going on socially or personally. Our biggest hit songs are about my about you know me hitting rock bottom and finding sobriety, and and not just sobriety for me, but what that does to the family afterwards, right? My my brother tried to murder me in 2010. There's a song called Remember When. That's all about that. Damn. Then on top of that, I was in the witness protection program for ten months because he hired a hitman to kill me. There's a song called Foe, a Friend on that, and the actual phone conversation, the phone call he called and left on my voice message it's on the is on the record of him <laughs> threatening to murder me again.
1: Why did he want to kill you?
2: Because he's a he's a drug addict and he's uh, a gangster and yeah. that's what we come from. You yeah. know what I mean? And so uh, he didn't he he got caught breaking in, tuned me up, didn't like that I lived and definitely didn't like that I cooperated with law enforcement. Wow. Right, but I was a different guy then, right? If it was 5 years before, it would have been the code of the street, but I went through the process of recovery and I found God and It wasn't. It's not my place to take somebody else's life, and revenge belongs to the Creator, right? Like in The Departed, how they say. And so, you know, this is this. These things all led to that, right? And so, you know, I forgave my brother. I forgave my band members, like my ex band members. Like it is what it is. Do you you think your ability to forgive comes from your experience getting sober? And yeah, absolutely. I think. I think. Look, there's a. You know, there's a selfishness to it too, right? Because. The longer we hold on to resentments, it's corrosive, right? I can't, I can't be okay if I'm still mad. And I went through a whole period for a year. I was pissed off at them, and we trashed each other online. And you know, I, ex- I overly exposed them. You know, like they were not ready to go to war with somebody like me and all my resources. And so a lot of people had done things in their past that got exposed. Like, you know, they weren't good guys, mm-hmm. and I was hurt. And I didn't act, I didn't respond spiritually. So, it, in essence, everyone, you know, when the war's over, it's all's fair and love and war. And, the, you know, the war's over. And it's just like, I, you know. It reminds me of, I think it's a Buddhist saying, like, holding on to anger is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die like at a certain yeah, point yeah. or holding on to a hot stone waiting for the other person to throw it at them mm-hmm. you only burn a hole in your hand mm-hmm. you know and i think that listen i i think that there's a period of time for everybody where there is self-righteous indignation you should feel the feelings of anger we shouldn't be passive aggressive um i believe you know i believe that if you trespass against me, there will be a consequence. I will create a consequence for you so you learn, you know. But I'd rather be like a porcupine than like a leopard, right? A porcupine is right. just minding his own business. And if you snatch me up and try to kill me, you might get killed, right? If you fuck with me, you're going to get fucked up. And that's how I try to live my life, you know. And then once once the, the whole interaction's over with, I don't want to sit here and 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 feel negative feelings about it. You know what I mean? It, it,
3: feelings are a choice. Uh, there, There is a certain amount of feelings can surprise you and grab a hold of you, but you really do have the ability, and it takes some practice, I understand that, but you really do have the ability to look at take a step outside of yourself and look at the fact that you are overcome with feelings. And that's one of the things Tommy was talking about earlier with meditation and stuff like that. And I meditate. I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but it's something that has really taught me that my emotions don't have to control me, even though they do every time I get in the car, right? Like I I rage (laughs) about traffic. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm in control, but it's I do know in the back of my mind that it's always an option to let whatever I'm feeling go and let it go away and not have to live in that emotion. And that kind of thing is something that's very valuable to, to have that, that perspective, I think.
2: Well, I think that's not taught either, right? Like, I think this is something that men who don't talk about anger and how to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. And we we spent our careers putting our frustration and our feelings into, into music as a creative force, but there are also, that's the tip of the iceberg. Where I, I think when I was younger, I thought that was the end all be all, right? You like use it as fuel, but you know, at, at some point, you have to take. You know, if you're, it also impedes your creativity. If you're only painting with black and gray, you're only going to get black and gray. If you once you release yourself of of um s- such a such heaviness. You have access to more different colors. You can tell stories better. You can create. You know, and you you become limitless in, mm-hmm. in um, in your prism. Like you know, I I believe God shines light through all of us, and that it's our job to upkeep the prism and keep it clean so that we can reflect refract different shades and colors that make life worth living. Yeah, if that makes sense. And that's something you developed after becoming sober. Or did you always feel this way? no, this is just a mature. This is something that i developed through maturity. Um You know, I've been sober for 14 years. So this, these are things, things had to happen that caused so much um, discord and resentment, especially like with my brother, you know, people used to, I, I, I used to be a public speaker and um I talked a lot. I've told this story hundreds and hundreds of times and people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like your brother would do that to you. And I was like, he didn't do anything. He, he didn't do that to me. He did it for me. Right. Because he gave me an experience where now I don't have to, I don't fear life. I'm not afraid of dying. Right. I'm not a. am not afraid. I can't like it's like I can't be threatened. I, you know, before I got canceled, there was every kind of like, you know, there was every kind of threat you could imagine came my way. Like if you don't do this, we're going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, OK. But I'm like, I can't I got canceled from being alive. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know. Sometimes courage is the absence of fear. It's a judgment that something else is more important. And so, you know, having that the worst possible thing happen to me from the closest possible person in my life happen, what else are you going to do to me? What's your family dynamic like now? Like you take care of your mom, you said, your brothers incarcerated. Yeah, my father lives in Florida with his with his wife. Um we don't really talk that much. My father was alcoholic. He's sober a couple years now. My mother is like you know, um you know, I take care of. her. I just took her to Europe. My mom's uh, is my adopted mother, mm-hmm. and um, she's first generation American. Her parents are from Denmark, um, and my grandfather was a New York City undercover detective after World, after he fought in World War II. And she's never been to Denmark. You know, we oh, come yeah. from a very poor family, so I flew. I was in. I went to Sweden. Um, I just went to Europe on vacation. And, um, I flew to Denmark and, uh, we hung out for like 10 days and, you know, I, I, when she turned 70, I sent her to Italy and, and Paris for 24, 25 days. That's amazing. With my sister. Yeah. And my sister and my mom and best friends and, you know, just, it's just, we make it work. Yeah. You know, my mom had to go to Allen on, um, after my brother tried to kill me because she had bar- she actually ex- borrowed money from me and gave him some of it, oh, and I man. found out about it, and I was like, "You have to get help." It's a, you know, but that's a family disease of alcoholism. A lot of people think that if they have a child or a, a relative that is, the best thing they can do is keep giving giving them, and they're eventually going to come out of it. But the disease is a rapacious creditor, and it does not allow the person who's suffering to, you know, take credence. We have to hit rock bottom often very very low rock bottoms in order to um, have a come to Jesus moment so to speak.
1: Have you guys experienced this in uh, all your like as, as you as you're getting bigger? I mean, I'm I'm asking you this because it feels like you did, but the harsh betrayal of people you thought were your best friends. Oh god, yes. Like you yeah, you yeah. said that already, yeah, but yeah.
3: for both you guys. Oh god, I did. So, back in 2009, um, this band was on tour and my ex ex-wife now at the time went to this show and she was going there thinking like, Oh, I'm going to go hang out with people that I know that I'm friendly with. And I told her, I was like, I really don't like the idea of you going to a show without me because people get that, the wrong idea. You know, she, chicks from shows, you know? Mm. Um, but she, she's like, no, it'll be fine. You know, you know, all the guys that are there. Cause it was, it was shadows fall and five finger death punch. And I'm like, no big deal. Okay, fine. So she goes and the singer from, uh, From Shadows Fall is gets completely hammered. And then he's like basically chasing her around the place. And then he follows, like she goes into the ladies' room and he follows her into the ladies' room. He climbs up on the toilet and he's looking over. And Ivan from Five Finger Death Punch comes in and grabs Brian by the hair and throws him on the ground because he's like, yo, that's Phil's, you know, that's at the time it was my girlfriend. He's like, yo, that's Phil's girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I used to be in Shadows Fall. So the fact that it was Ivan, the guy that I wasn't ever in a band with, I'd been friends with him for a lot of years, but you know, I wasn't in a band with him. He's the guy that goes and steps in and says, Hey, wow. and my friends that I used to be in Shadows Fall with, and I had never spoken a, a bad word about this band. They kicked me out and they wanted to get another guy. I was like, okay, cool. Nice guy, biggest you know, cheering them on from 2000 or from 1999 when they or 98 when they kicked me out until 2008. Ten years of being the biggest fan. We're friends, blah blah blah. And no one in that band can go and say, Hey, don't try to fuck Phil's girlfriend.
1: When when did they kick you out? What year?
3: No, 1998, because that's the year that I started all the remains. Wow, 1998, and and that happened in 2009. So 11 years of me. Being their cheerleader. Man, we're friends. We're all from the same area. And All That Remains hadn't hit yet. Like, yeah. from 2000, you know, 1990, 1999 until 2006 is when the, the record that put it really put us on the map came out. So, like, we, I'd been, you know, talking them up and being the guy. And, and you know, it's not like All That Remains had the mojo where, like, I could be like, you know, oh, screw them or whatever, you know. Never, never said a crossword or bad word about them. And then... You know, you know none man. None of them can step step in and say, "Hey, don't fuck Phil's girlfriend." You
1: know? Just just hearing your story about you know this guy that you worked with who turns on you—it's either him or me, Doc Coyle. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I've had my experience with that too, and it's just—I gotta say, man—it really strips your faith in humanity. I don't know how she you guys does. feel about it.
2: Well, the way that I look at what uh, look, I think that um, in my I like I said I actually really did like I prayed for all these dudes for like months every day, like I literally put my phone under my bed so I couldn't answer my phone till I hit my knees in the morning and forced myself begrudgingly, and then I got peace over it. And then the day I stopped praying, the guitar player who quit called me to apologize. So it's like one of those weird things. But I think in in understanding how what motivates people, I think to Doc's credit his mom died right when I we wrote a song like on the on the record I was supposed to be on you know we wrote a song for his mother who passed away and then his dad died completely unexpectedly and I think that when somebody is using substances and they're dealing with loss and they're dealing with that you start to feel like everything's being pulled away from you and I think that the band was seeing in real time because I had taken a political stance, my star started rising exponentially. Where I was exp- hundreds and hundreds of thousands of new followers on every single platform. Wow! Sales were going up. So you would think, from a from a business standpoint, it would be not beneficial for the label to to want to remove me. But the liberal blinders blindsided them. They couldn't understand that there is a you know there's a place for everybody, and I should be allowed to have mm-hmm. freedom of speech. And so I think he felt like he was losing control over everything in his life. And so this was the only thing he could try to do, you know? And I think that, and I, you know, I, I just, you, you started the band. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the drummer, the drummer had a band called, he had a bunch of demos called eye of tongues and he asked me to sing on it. And I did, I sang one song and called learn to live and crushed it. And then he was like, Oh, I got all these demos. And, um, so I just went in and I he had no money and I finished paying for the rest of the album to be made and I just financed the rest of it. And then I got called for Five Finger. I think the only I think the only reason why I got called to fill in for Five Finger is because he was busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he had already had a really successful run for them. Um and then, you know, I, I Ivan, who he mentioned, was having a really bad time staying sober. And so ultimately they thought me being there. Because I had known him for just as long would help, and it had the opposite effect, where he was like became defiant and resentful of me that I was there and I couldn't really reach him. And then finally, um, he had to be he had to go take care of himself. And so they asked me to sing instead of sober coach, which was terrifying. But you know, it all it all led to me getting signed to the label. So Bad Wolves was not signed; I was right. And John had these songs and the other band that I was in wasn't really doing well, and then they wanted to replace me because they thought I was gonna be the new singer of Five Finger. So they, basically, Bad Wolves got signed by default. So I so, changed the name, and then added a bunch of songs to the album, and that became
1: sounds similar to the mistake that um, Haley Williams' family made, or she made, with Paramore.
2: Yeah, I don't know too much about the backstory. It was the guitar player, or the drummer? I don't, I'm not
1: gonna pretend to know a lot about this story either, but just from my understanding, because I think, I think I've talked about it with people before, Mm -hmm. that she got signed, but she was like, I want to have this, this, I like this band. I think it was because she was romantic, like she was a teenager interested in this guitar player.
2: Well, I think they were together for quite a while. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like
1: every song she wrote was about him. But,
2: but. No doubt, same thing.
1: Right. But she gets signed and then brings them in. Then when they start turning on her, she's like, yo, it's me. Then later on, I think it was the bass player who said, I have rights to this music. And she's like, no, it's me. And so basically like, That's the, this is the mistake when people are, you know, I'll I'll put it this way. I've gotten, I got a stern warning from a good friend of mine who's also famous, who said that the mistake a lot of these people make is two, two things like you're, you're rising, you're, you're a rising star. And then you think that your friends are also capable of, of handling what you're handling. And you bring them with you, and now you've taken someone who doesn't know how to handle it and put them next to the brightest star in the sky.
3: When I got back to doing all the Remains stuff after doing the Five Finger Death Punch tours, the shows, uh, Jason Costa, our drummer, uh, asked me, he's like, hey, do you think that we can get to where they are? And I just looked at him and I said, no, because there are people in the band that will not do what the people in Five Finger Death Punch have done. Yeah, just will, yeah. I know you guys won't do it. I know that you know this person won't do this. This person won't do this, and it doesn't happen without all the people involved saying whatever needs to happen to reach yeah. the next
1: level will do
2: whatever it takes.
1: Yep. Yeah. But you force someone who has no experience with. So actually, I'll, I'll put it this way: I was talking to somebody about you know what we we're doing with rotational coast and stuff, and they were like, "Whatever you do, just make sure the people who go on the show have experience with the press." Because if you get somebody who doesn't, who hasn't dealt with it, who doesn't know what they're going to do, those people are going to fucking lose their minds. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I'm like, I think all of us have experience with the press. and, that, and oh. That oh, yes. At least knows what it is and what it means to yeah. sit, in a, sit in a chair. And so there's like a warning I got a while ago. Like, yeah, man, there is, you know, you bring people like someone comes to you. And I'm just saying it's kind of what it sounds like this is what remind what it reminded me of when I when I was reading about the Paramore stuff. Mm-hmm. She's the talent. She says, I like these people. Let's bring them on board. Mm-hmm. They 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 lose it. They can't handle it. They get angry. They're yeah. entitled. They're deserving. I guess her bass player sued her, saying he was he owned ownership of a bunch of the music. And she was like, You're an employee of a corporation. It is my company. I'm signed. Yeah. You play bass for me. They yeah.
2: don't understand that that they don't understand that, right? And in, in our case, the drummer and I were were co owners, but he was also, you know, he, he was. I don't know where the where the source of John's resentment toward me started because he's apolitical, but there were things were happening where we would go places and people recognize me and hand him their phone. And I'd be like, that's a guy. He's the drummer. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, can you take a picture of us? <laughs> that's, and it, and the, that's the drummer's um, curse. The, drummer, the drummer's <laughs> curse. <laughs> the
3: drummer's curse. Drummers and bass players, but man. But here's the
2: thing, though. There's plenty of drummers and bass players who are celebrities, right? Like sure. Five Finger Death mm-hmm. Punch. Chris <clears throat> Kale is a celebrity. Jeremy Spencer was a celebrity. Like, you know. Who was Zeppelin's drummer?
3: Bonham? John Bonham, I, everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody
2: John, Bonham. John Bonham. So, so the so it, Tommy Lee is one of the is the most famous guy in Motley Crue by oh, far. Yep. right. But it's about are you doing? Are, like you know if you don't do press, if you let yourself go, if you are awkward, if you are fat, if you don't want to be around people, if you are under the influence. Like there's many things that go into why you're not you're not being present or in the public eye. Or, or if you just reject that and don't want anything to do with it You can't be mad at the other people who have to pick up the slack, right? I had to do almost a hundred interviews a Year for two years that we were to almost three years because no one else could do press yeah. And then people would be mad at me When you're the face and of the I'm man. like well, you will you do it? They're like, well, what do I talk about? I'm like <laughs> I don't know They're like, well, this, you know well, you, ever,
1: you ever see uh, almost famous yeah, of course. It's like the scene where the t shirts come in, and it's like, yeah, the he's in guitar the guitar player
2: with Mystique. Ooh. Yeah,
1: everyone's kind of blurry and faded in the background. They're like, what is this? Like, guys, I didn't do this. And they'll get mad at him. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I didn't make this. Like, I'm not trying to be in front of you guys.
3: People yeah. people talk about uh, this thing called LSD, lead singer disease. And <laughs> it is true. It's a thing. It's a it thing is true, sure. and it is real. But that doesn't change the fact that when people go to see a band, they're associating the front person as. Yep. the band mm-hmm. there are the very few bands where the front guy is where the singer is not the front guy this band called Killswitch Engage comes to mind the guitar yeah, player true. Adam yeah. he mm-hmm. is the front guy yeah. doesn't matter who their singer is Adam can Adam can hold it down most
2: bands can't he has a thing he does, he does. right he does. He's he has like, the X I call, factor. I call him the Andy Kaufman of metal yeah he's ridiculous <laughs> because he he <laughs> he's really is he's a, he's a not only can he just literally write an entire album everything the whole yep. thing by himself yep. he's F- like a mastermind
0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: He's like a sh- like You're like, what the fuck is going on? He's got a cape on. He's a clown. And Daisy Dukes. And he's like super serious. But then he's not. And you're like. And he executes flawlessly. Yeah. With a uh, Fallout
1: Boy. Pete Wentz was the bass player. He was the front man. Mm -hmm. Well, he was a
2: heartthrob, yeah. Marketable.
1: Yeah. They were like, he's the guy to go for. And then there was, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the band Jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Early 90s. And the drummer was the lead singer. Oh, yeah. And it was just, I'm sorry, dude. It's weird. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Because he can just sing, he can get a drummer. And so they tried putting him in on the stage in the front with a stand up drum kit yeah. while he sang and played, and I'm like, just half the guys. I mean, I was a little kid at the time, but watching this stuff as I'm older, I'm like, that's a ridiculous thing to yeah. do. You? Like
2: Soundgarden, you know, Chris Cornell was the drummer, right. and then he was like, I, I have this voice. No, so that, thing, that's, nothing, that's more, nothing more. Nothing uh, more. Johnny Hawkins, amazing singer. He was the drummer. Yeah, so a, he a taught fall- himself how to sing. So
1: Fallout Boy's story was. Uh, Patrick Stump. They asked him to play drums, and when he played drums, and they were trying out vocalists, he sang, and they were like, "Holy shit, you sing instead? We'll yeah. get a different drummer." And they got—I think the guy's name was Andy. Andy, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Unfortunately, Andy's Andy's extremely left, and it's heartbreaking. Oh, obviously.
1: really? <laughs>
3: he's,
0: he's, we went. We did, with, uh, we did a tour
3: with. We did a tour with. Uh, the Damn Things, which is a band that Andy played drums in, and oh, super yeah. nice, like nicest guy ever. But he's extremely antifa, and I'm just like, oh, you're. I got a, I got a funny. Con
1: by them. I got a funny story for you guys. Just last thing, uh, you ever hear of the band The Hush Sound?
2: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: I, I, they're not particularly. I, I don't. I don't know if this is offensive to the band members, but they're not particularly famous. But they they do uh, small shows and they sell out. But uh, they were on, they they toured with like Fall Out Boy. They were on Decadence, so mm-hmm. they were in that. Sphere, and they had three albums that came out through them, Field by and Decadence, or whatever. And so uh, when I was in Denver, I was at like a Best Buy or something, and I bought some CDs, and I bought like Death Cab for Cutie because I was a big fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my, seeing on MySpace this band Hush Sound, and then I was like, it was like, I don't know I don't know how you describe it, but the one chick, Greta, sings and plays piano, and then there's a the guitar player and singer, and it was like dual male-female vocals. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed their new album. I'm driving back from Denver to Chicago after living there for a little bit, and I have only two CDs, so I'm just spam blasting these these bands. One day I'm at the metro. You know the metro in Chicago, I mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. And I'm in the bathroom washing my hands. And then Bob, the guitar player, walks up to my left, starts washing his hands. And then I dry my hands and I look over and I'm like, Are you Bob from the Hush Sound? And he's like, Yeah. And like they were doing big tours. So he's he's a moderately famous guy at the at the time for, for you know, they were doing like the Honda Civic tour and all that stuff. As I'm leaving, I see him outside. So I talked to him for a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I got your guys' album, Like Vines, it's really good. I, like every single song, I think it's fantastic. And then we just shot the shit, me and a couple other people. That's it, I left, didn't see him, met the guy. How cool was that? Met a guy in the bathroom. Like a year or two later, I'm, when I moved to LA, I'm living in Koreatown. You guys know where Larchmont is? Yeah. yeah. So I'm walking down, it's like right by Paramount or something like that, and everybody yeah. drinks coffee, all yeah. the rich people. Yeah. I'm walking down my street, and motherfucker is walking, the exact same direction with his dog, and right when we get to the corner, I stop, and I'm like, Bob? And he's like, oh, uh, you're Tim. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, I met you that one time, he's like, yeah, yeah, at the Metro. And I was like, you remember who I am? And he's like, yeah. That's cool. He's like, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to Larchmont for coffee. So am I. And now I'm friends <laughs> with the guy. He's cool though. That's so awesome. now, now, now he runs like a dog walking thing. That's and, uh, of- But he's not crazy. Or he, he, you know, he's he's a chill, normal dude. Yeah. So I, I you know, messaged him recently, and he's That's like, cool. "What up, dude? Congrats on your music. I'm checking it out." So it's cool to see, you know, he found success. He's chill. He's happy. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. But he plays in a band with one. I I don't know if he still does with the guys from One Republic or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have like some crazy band. Anyway, that was my story. I <laughs> thought it was funny.
3: In L. A., you never can tell. Like, I mean, if he still plays music, you never can tell if he if he's playing with someone and just something hits, and next thing you know, he's on some fucking gigantic tour or whatever, you know.
1: You know, I don't. I don't. I think he's just doing his own thing for the most part, like in playing music. I'm not sure he's really pursuing it. Mm-hmm. I know that he's got like a dog walking business, but I will say this for for Bob. I like his music was so good. I for the life of me couldn't understand why it wasn't bigger. Why they didn't make it? Because like I, I started listening to their music again, and I'm like, it's just so fucking good.
2: Because it costs money. It costs yeah. money yeah. to to you, the the cost of exposure, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's that's a thing. Like. What I, you know, what I've had to deal with leaving my former band is that, you know, I got a, I have a music video on YouTube that has 450 million views alone, right? And it's like billions of streams all like global. Damn. I got more platinum and gold records. Like I don't got, I don't even have them. They're literally in my friend's <laughs> garage in Arizona. I got. Uh, I got to send for those. Yeah, I'll send you one. No, I
1: got a gold YouTube plaque. We use as a window. Oh, nice window stopper, just sitting on the
2: ground. <laughs> yeah, but but it's but it's like you know, the the reset button of like you know, like I I just I recently had, um, I spent a lot of money at Metaverse talking upwards of t- tens of thousands of dollars to get my my Instagram profile reinstated. Um, so it was it was hacked. It no was an shirt. external hack and they said there was only eight people could have done it and that it probably cost upwards of a hundred thousand dollars to have my profile deleted. Damn. And I'm like the only person I know who could afford to do that and who needs to do that. I know who, who it is. And so, wow. um, it took two weeks. They were like, we're going to basically they acid wash the metadata for my profile to make sure that I could never have it again because I had almost 400,000 real fans on there who, paid for concert tickets. I sold out my entire tour with no radio promotion, no anything just from the the power of my Instagram. And so, you know, there's this, it's the pettiness of like, if I can't have you, no one will. And that's what the slave industry of the music industry is about. People don't, and people don't want to talk about this in a way that's productive. But the reality is like, for example, Kanye West said like ridiculousness shit right so his his whole anti-semitic thing was ridiculous and i had a i have an issue with it cuz my stepfather rest in peace was a wonderful jewish man right and i grew up going to school with people who were jewish and i have friends who are jewish and it's uh, not just because uh, someone from a record label has a last name it doesn't represent right. the whole of a race of people And what neat what but what there is a problem is, is that within the music industry and the entertainment industry amongst all races of the, you know, 100 millionaires, plus the 100 million guys plus up to billionaires, they're all unilaterally in this on the same tip. So if you piss one of them off, regardless of whatever their whatever their belief system is or their race or whatever, you're fucked. Yeah. And then they also control the media and people like who hose up because the the outlets no longer can survive off print sales. So they have to pay for it in advertising on their websites. And so yep. who pays for the, the big dollars to advertise on the websites? Who's paying for the pieces to be written? The labels have the money. How do I know this? Because how do you think that my band became the most famous fucking band in 2018 from thin air? You know, It helped that we had a multi-platinum hit song, but everything that else that generates around this is controlled. You know
1: what everybody tells us? With every project we try doing, book, music, or otherwise, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna help you, we're gonna make it all work, here's what we're gonna do, and then the very last thing they say is, now all you gotta do is promote it on your show. And it's like, I get it. You think, like, That's and so this is why we 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 got books that are coming out, Mm -hmm. and then these companies are like, yeah, yeah, we can do all these things for you. And then when you promote it on your show, we'll get sales. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck do I sign with
2: you for? Mm -hmm. Well, you don't need to. That's the whole point, you know. And it's like I like even even with even without my Instagram page, right? My my I'm on my third or fourth page. I got like 185,000 followers, right, which is nothing. And um but with TikTok, I never had a TikTok, so there's nothing to go after one post on TikTok and I got 300,000 followers. Damn. Right? And so, and then also what people need to understand in our space is how valuable email lists are. Right? So I I collect yep. emails. So I, if I have a tour, if I have a tour going out, it's going out to 50,000 people, period, yeah. in the emails. And I have a 70% opening rate. And right? advertisers will pay like crazy oh, yeah. for your email list. Oh, it's yeah. insane how much money you can make off of that. I not I haven't even sold it because I I won't do that to my fans. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. literally won't. So you, if you notice, anybody who follows me knows that you're not going to get any spam yeah. from any any affiliate. You know E-ma- what I mean? email
3: lists are like th- such a big deal nowadays. Yeah. Like people have people don't realize how 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 effective an email list is, mm-hmm. especially if you can get emails that people open.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you have to circumvent the social media gatekeepers now, right? So so it's very easy. Uh, because especially people who like us will be censored in certain places yeah. and people are invested and they want to get the information the email list becomes your whole life and then totally. so now you can't be canceled so they can delete everything they could take me down they can kick me off radio they could blacklist me but i po- i email everyone hey my new album comes out on friday and then i'm number 3 on iTunes right yeah. so five fingers number 1 i prevails number 2 Tommy bex is number 3 Right. That's
1: why we do this. Mm-hmm. This is our shield from the censorship and all that. This is the members only. Pointing yep. the camera. Well, man, we've uh, we went a little bit over, but uh, this has been a blast. Thanks for hanging out and talking about all this stuff. It's enlightening. Yeah.
2: Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate it.
1: And to everybody who is a member, you're keeping us up and running. I mean, this is the principal way we, we run the show. So thanks for hanging out and we'll see y'all next time.